you listen to any story of anyone who ever went bankrupt in real estate, it's always, I grew too fast. I had uh, too much debt too fast and I was underwater because the market crashed. Welcome to the Break Free Real Estate Podcast, your daily guide to financial freedom through real estate. I'm your host, Jocelyn Kaufman, and today I'm here with David Robinson. And today we want to talk about the most common risks and pitfalls of real estate investing. So we both are real estate fanatics and it's really hard to see risks in it. Like if you're doing real estate properly, you're able to mitigate so much risk in real estate um, versus like if you're buying a stock in a company and that company crash crashes like SVB, right? then you are going to be screwed because you had no control in that company. But when you're buying real estate, it's an asset. It's like buying gold, kind of like a big chunk of gold that will probably, the land at least will never lose its value. If the house burns to the ground, it might lose its value. But you'll have this asset and you can make money off this asset. And this asset is going to appreciate 3% year over year. Um, within a 10 year horizon. So if you hold on to it for 10 years, it's going to appreciate 30, uh, 30%. Um, and so it's really, in my opinion, and I always say this and people always disagree with me, but it's the safest investment you can make. It's the safest place you can put your money. And that's why young people who buy a house are able to retire so much earlier than people who never buy a house. David? Yeah. What yeah, I would agree. I mean, in the big picture, if you are looking at uh, uh, with a long-term approach, buy and hold investment property, there's probably not much that's safer. It's not sexy in many cases. And the returns, although at times can be incredible, um, there's also strategies that you can deploy that have more risk and are going to have a higher return. But if we're talking buy and hold residential uh, investment property, rental property, man, it's pretty darn safe. I would say with one caveat, and that is you have to be careful to not take on too much debt. You know, typically lenders, especially in the residential space, are willing to lend 75% of the price of the property to a borrower. And in many cases, that's just fine and you'll be all right. Um, there's also some consideration, especially in high growth markets like Utah, where it may make sense to put more money down so that you have a comfortable uh, cushion of cash flow on a monthly and yearly basis. That's going to be your safest possible bet is to make sure that you're putting plenty of money down to have uh, you know, great cash flow in the property or solid cash flow in the property and reasonable reserves in case something goes haywire with the property, such as a, a big repair issue, vacancy for a prolonged period of time, those types of things. So a reasonable level of debt and a reasonable amount of reserves and Residential resident, uh, residential investment property, one of the safest bets you can make. Yeah. And I think any story, if you listen to any story of anyone who ever went bankrupt in real estate, it's always, I grew too fast. I had 
too much debt too fast. And I was underwater because the market crashed. Um, but going back to cash flow, like if all those properties that they had were paying for themselves or paying like a large chunk for themselves, then they wouldn't have lost them. So it doesn't really matter as much if the market's going up and down. It matters if the property is making money um, and if you have the reserves, if the property stops making money. And so that's, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, but always put aside like five to 10% of your gross rental income. So it's not your net income, put aside your gross rental income, five to 10% into a savings account that you don't touch for vacancy and repairs and all all that fun stuff because if the market does go under or if we do face hard uh, economical times, then you're going to be so grateful that you have that savings put aside. I personally, and David, I don't think uh, you're going to appreciate me sharing this with our listeners, but on my <laughs> second property, I did the opposite and I went 10 grand in debt <laughs> because I only had like 10 grand saved up and that's how was the down payment and I need the property needed a roof. And so I came up with a plan to buy a credit card to get a credit card. Um, and the credit card was a zero, zero interest for 18 months. And I had a plan that I could have the roof paid off in three months. And I did that. So <laughs> obviously well. don't do that, but it was also better times then. And I, the property that I bought made money. So, um, every situation is different. I was barely starting off. Now I would never do something like that because I have so much more to lose. And so as people grow, as real estate investors grow, I think they often get like cocky and, um, are not afraid to kind of, like bear their bank account down. And I think that's where where they lose because they're buying bad deals. And I've, I think we've seen a lot of people buy bad deals in the last couple of years. So yeah, anytime we're going, uh, we're at the top of a market cycle, um, you know, people are pushing the limits on what they can and should be buying. And I, I going through the previous recession, uh, the great financial crisis, 2008, 2009, watching investors around me that really got hurt badly by that recession was generally because they were buying speculative real estate where they weren't buying property that was cash flowing. They were buying property that was strictly hoping and expecting the market to continue to go up and appreciate, and they were speculating. Uh, and that's okay. A lot of investors make a lot of money with that strategy, but that's that's risky. When you're buying stabilized cash flowing real estate, man, very, very little risk involved in that. Um, land can also be a challenge because it doesn't cash flow unless you're doing some sort of strategic lease on the property. But if you're buying land, which a lot of uh, my clients back in 2008, 2009 bought land and uh, you know lost their shirts when the market turned down because they were holding onto a property that didn't generate any income. And uh, anyway, so I think uh, uh, long story short, residential rental property with a long-term horizon with limited amount of debt and plenty of reserves, no safer bet. Uh, as far as investing is concerned. Yeah. And especially if, and remember like 
how old you are, where you're at, where you're at in your life and your finances is also going to dictate dictate what risks you can take. If you're young, you could pro and you can afford it. Like you could buy something that has a negative hundred dollar a cash flow a month because in five years it's not going to and it's going to be appreciating. And in 30 years it's going to have appreciated a ton more. And so if you're young and you're able to afford to and you're and you're um willing to be strategic like you can buy properties that don't make as much money while you're younger if you're older and at the top of your retirement or maybe you're even retired and trying to figure out more you're probably going to need to find something that cash flows otherwise um it's going to be a little bit more risky for your situation and then lastly uh, fix and flips, like those are going to be more risky. Um, unless if you have a backup plan, I always tell people who want to do, who want to do fixer uppers or who want to do short-term rentals, make sure that you can rent out the property as a single family rental and make a good chunk of your payment or as a rental and make a good chunk of your payment because vacation rentals aren't, could not always be around. Like we don't know. They're so new. We don't know um, what's going to happen with them. And same with fixer uppers. Like if the market crashes, if you're able to hold on to that property and rent it out, you're going to be a lot better off. And so that's what I always tell my clients is have a backup plan and have two backup plans. <laughs> like always, always have um, a backup plan in place. That's it for today. For more daily investing tips and real estate secrets, don't forget to visit breakfreerealestate.com and make sure to like, subscribe, and share our podcast. We will see you tomorrow.